Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name's David Reed, and this is Marek Larwood. Hello, film lovers. I'm trying to make this different to uh, every other introduction. Yeah, um, what are we going to do? Nothing. For a start, we're wearing these outfits. Yeah, we've tried to wear out. We're both in gorilla costumes, but that won't really. Um, I'm really annoyed because yours is clearly better than mine. I spent a lot of money on this, and I realise it doesn't really. I mean, you can't even tell from the sound. Isn't you that can't, exactly but I am annoyed because I've spent no money on mine at all. It's really. You did cut the bum out, though. Yeah, and now I'm sat down. What a waste of time. That took me all morning. Yeah, so remember that. If you're going out in a gorilla costume, you want to cut the bum out, yeah. make sure somewhere you'll be standing up. Otherwise, if it's a dinner party or something, waste of time. Waste if you're of sitting time. down somewhere cold, it, it is the recipe for piles. <laughs> but if it's a drinks party and you'll be mingling, you'll be walking around, best use of your time possible. And everyone will think, that guy's got a really good personality without even having such you. Hey, he's he's a centrepiece, that guy. Yeah. Oh, you must get David round with the... Just do a gorilla costume and get... You must... Just do a normal gorilla party and he will come round with his bum out. A sit-down do. A sit-down... No, 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 no. Don't have a sit-down gorilla party. Oh, God, that was my... I mean... Terrible uh, mistake. (laughs) Clive and Priscilla did a sit-down, didn't one? And it was all absolutely... Awful. Awful. Well, there was no air in the room. (laughs) Um, No one knew who anyone was. And we also talk about <laughs> gorilla dinner parties. Yes. But um, the cinema this week, I wanted to go and see 71. Yes, um, I wanted the, to go the, and see that as well. I didn't. I didn't. So, I mean, it's obviously really annoying if you're listening. I've heard it's really, really good. But um, there were no cinemas showing it within three miles of me. So Yeah, it's not got a general release, has which it? Which is really bad. Um, but I, instead, I, won, I did one of these simultaneous release ones. Okay. Which is a film that uh, no potentially no one will be interested in over here. <laughs> good, good. It's called, and I think it was there's a few trailers for it. It's called uh, Draft Day. Okay. What's it about? My guess would be it's about Draft Day in the NFL. Yes. For those good. of you who don't know, and I think for I don't want to seem patronising to our American audiences, but um, I'm a big American football fan, so I thought it would be quite interesting. Uh, every year, uh, the American sports system is that you go to college um, before you turn professional. Yes. And at the, especially for American football, though, they've got a certain number of teams in their league, so it wouldn't ever work over here because you, 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 
a lot of people play to play footwork at much earlier age anyway. Yes, because uh, they're more you don't really have to be physically developed. So what happens is there's 32 American football teams in the professional leagues, and the team with the worst record, so the worst team, gets the very first pick of all the college players. So it's a nice way of balancing. It, it's things a balancing out. system, isn't it? Yeah, and which is great. So if your team has had the worst, rather than being you know I'm a sport of Norwich City football team, and you get relegated and you get there's nothing good and you lose all your best players. You get to pick the brightest young new talent, and that person goes, "Oh crap! I have to play for I, Norwich City. I've got to play for Norwich City and relocate there." Yes, you do, um, and they're rubbish. It, yes, <laughs> and it's all on my back to make them good. Yeah, uh, but presumably the theory is that it uh, keeps the competition far fairer, so you the crowds are more likely to watch a good game. Yes, well, my beloved team, the Detroit Lions, who are coming to Wembley shortly, we're both going to the game, we aren't are. we, David? Yeah! Yeah, come on, Lions! Yeah. Um, we are... Uh, they were went not, were the first American football team to go 0-16, to lose all their 16 games. When was this? About five years ago. Oh, dear. And they, since then, have got... Uh, they got the number one draft pick. And Did they do that on purpose so they could stop being mediocre? No, it was really bad. Oh, right, okay. They weren't even mediocre. They were uh, a laughing stock. They've been bad for years. Um, since I started supporting them, they had probably the worst record in American sports. Um, well, my beloved Vikings are... Uh, all I really know about them is that uh, they keep being in the news for sex crimes, uh, homophobia, that sort of thing. Yes, it's Adrian... A, a lot of, American was quite interesting because a lot of Adrian Peterson... Um, apparently uh, uh, hit one of his children and you've probably heard of the Ray Rice story the running back for the Baltimore Ravens and there's horrific footage of him uh, punching his fiance in the face in the lift and uh, the, the big uh, controversy is that they they heard about this case of the domestic abuse and they apparently the NFL who run the, the league uh, had the tapes and, and only when they got released did they ban him it's horrific yeah he, you see him in the lift he actually punches his Fiance in the face, and she goes out cold, collapses. You know, it's horrible when you see. Like John punch. Terry, do you remember that time when he went out cold out, in the box? Like, similar that? to that, yeah. but, uh, and he drags her out of the lift, and someone approaches. God, her. <laughs> sounds horrible. What is amazing? I can see why you like the sport. What is amazing about American football is there are. Or, this is why I've created my own sport, which I'll talk about later on. Oh, please do. My, um, but uh, is just how many of them are potentially psychopaths? But of course, that's not addressed in the film. No. Uh, so draft day is the experience of the general manager. Um, I'm sorry to do a bit of, uh, sort of uh, what's the word? Sort of uh, background. Yes. Uh, well, they have they have they have coaches of the teams, and they have the general manager, who's someone who sort of helps with the, the draft picks and decides who to get. And they will these college players, and they do ridiculous amount of tests on them. They do they have a, a combine. They see how fast they can run the forty meters, how high they can jump, how high. All these odd things they do do like they do like a football IQ test, test their personalities because it's worth so much money. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's the backstory. Kevin Costner, everyone's favourite eighties, yeah. nineties uh, um, actor, or for our younger <laughs> listeners, um, Superman's adopted dad. Okay. Um, he is the general manager of Cleveland Browns, and Cleveland Browns is a perennial team that don't do it's a very- sitcom. It's a cartoon. Cleveland Browns, uh, a great American football team. Yeah, they they they're almost as bad as the Detroit Lions. Oh, is that a joke? Cleveland Brown is called that because of the Cleveland Browns. Yes. Oh, I see. I never knew that. Um, He's the general manager of the Cleveland Browns, and they've got seventh pick in the draft, and they need to get a new player uh, to join to help boost the franchise. And someone from the Seattle Seahawks, who's supposed to be the worst team, that's not necessarily happened, wants to. 
just trade with them. He's getting pressure from the owner to trade with him to get these three um, to trade his pick for the number one pick and their future draft picks. Okay. I I think in a nutshell, this sums up why it's not released over here. <laughs> because if you found that boring, is it? But though it, Moneyball did okay over here. So mm-hmm. do you think that's opened a door for draft day to step on through? Is no, that what is that what they're hoping? Moneyball's comp- a different film. But it is about sports trading and the and the stats around American sports yeah. and and yet still seem to do okay over here. Like the, there are a, a large number of fans of both um well of American football, baseball and basketball in fact over here. It's I mean. getting you know there's all that thing about them they're going to um have a franchise and all that uh, there's rumors is there there's no I think they will do it eventually. Uh, so it's getting big over here but not big enough for something that not many people will know about. Yes. And that is the main problem with this film. So either you know about American football and you know about the drafts, so you don't need it explained to you. Yes. Or you are not interested. And then you need a film like um, uh, Any Given Sunday, which is just like any sports movie where you go, we've got to win this. Well, if we don't win this, we are nobodies. There's a film about this. So this is the draft and getting a new... or uh, The contracts of players and the business side of it is done much better than Jerry Maguire. OK. Just watch Jerry Maguire. Yeah, he's a sports agent. He's a sports agent, so, but it touches similar things. We're trying to get a new contract for a player... And American football was a background thing, whereas the story of his, his, him leaving the sports agency and his love with Renee Zellweger is the main story. Yes. That is the reason why that's a success, because it's got, a, it's got formed characters. And, and this, the main story in this is the draft. Is the draft. And so to American football fans, it will be patronising and uh, such boring exposition, which is like, a, like my explanation, right. or a child explaining it to someone else. So they don't they they want it to be for everyone, but it's a topic that isn't for everyone. Is yeah, that I don't. Is know. it a fiction? Is it is it yeah. based on a true story at all? No, it's a fiction. So they've written a fiction about picking fictional players for a fictional draft. Yeah, that's a weird thing to do a film about. It. it I do not know how this ever got made. <laughs> and and the problem is. With this film, it's just—it's a lot of deals, and it's the phone. Going back to the phone thing we talked about before, a lot of it's phone conversations. Right. It's mainly people trading an imaginary pick <laughs> through telephone conversations. In my mind, and I know you know, I'm not—I I can watch sport and enjoy it. I'm not into it. I don't follow it in the same way you know, follow movies or whatever. But it, you either want to see fictionalized versions of the actual game, because then you can see awesome shots of, and, yeah. and uh, like in any given Sunday or you know with baseball like in you know the natural or something where you can really get into the sport of it or you're interested in the real players and the real managers and what happened in these events you already know about I don't see any appeal in a fictional version of management it's terrible. Like, that sounds so dull they also do this the NFL do a thing called hard knocks where they follow a team behind the scenes every year right. series and that's really, really popular, and really, so you see what goes on. It's much more interesting. This, this is to try. They do really odd things to try and make this interesting. So they set so back. The backstory is that Kevin Costner, the coach of the Cleveland Browns, uh, and there's someone who works in his office called Jennifer Garden, Garden, uh, Garner, yeah. who does the accounts for the office. He's in love with her. This is a huge, uh, and they're going to have a, a baby. Okay. And it starts off like that. And his dad was the old coach of the team who's died recently. That's his backstory to make it more interesting. 
And then it, this is insulting as well that Kevin Costner, who is now 59 years old, he's had some weird thing done to his lips. Oh, has he? And you know he didn't really move his face at all. Uh. In, pre, in Robin Hood and Dancers Wolf, he doesn't really move his face. No. Now, I think he's had Botox or something because he moves his face even less. I can't believe Kevin Costner could even move his face less. So your main actor doesn't really move his face and he's dating Jennifer Garner, who's 42 years old. Why? There's no reason for her to be in love with this man. He does nothing at all. She's just, oh, I think I'll go, oh, I think I'll, I want to have a relationship with this man who's 17 years older than me. Um, not really interesting well, at convenience. all. convenience. They work in the same office. Just to give it some romance, which is just... You might just might even call it a back. You could just refer to it as a backstory. Deliberately. Do, does she do anything that influences the plot at no, all? No, her character is insulting. Right, it's just someone walking around, uh, doing, saying, explaining what she does for a job, and getting a little bit frustrated, but not even frustrated that he doesn't even uh, their, their their backstory. Sorry, there's spoilers for this film, but just don't watch it. I'm prepared to spoil this film because you should not waste any more time watching this film. Okay. I'm a big American football fan. You shouldn't watch this film at all. Uh, she's perfectly happy for... Uh, um, or not really upset that he... She just ignores him a little bit when the fact that, that she announces at the start they're going to have a baby and he's not really interested. So it's not really a big thing. I'll just ignore you for a bit. I won't throw a huge strop. Yeah. And they go and have talks in the closet where he slowly realises that he was a bit rude. In a closet? In the station, cupboard where whatever where that's what happens. Oh yeah, yeah. that's where you said that. They do one of the oddest things to try and create some sense of action. They do this split screen thing, where they have two characters on the phone, and the split not normal split screen, but moves. So one character almost goes from their scene, walks across that green screen through this other scene in the background, and into their scene again. Why? Purely because. You're so bored, it's just... <laughs> so here's something boom, happening. Boom, here's a character boom, walking across boom. another scene and I'm going to move the split screen backwards and forwards. Do they do a sort of Ocean's Eleven sort of... Boom, ding, 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 no, not even that. It's, no. similar, it's, it's just a moving split screen to try and keep you awake. This sounds like the editor was desperate to turn a film out of all of this, it's, doesn't it? When you're on a long journey in a car... And you're falling asleep and you have to put the music on. You need something. It's almost, do you know what? I put a swerving car in front of that person there so they have to... Oh, visually, something is happening. So I was, I'm the target audience for this. Yeah. And I was bored. <laughs> I was bored out of my mind. Uh, it's just phone calls and a story which you know is going to happen. You aren't a fan of Kevin Costner anyway, are you? No, I think Because I remember when Adam Riches came Tin on Cup. and brought on... Was it Tin Cup he talked about? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you you were baffled by this uh, that adoration a, of the man. You were baffled by it. I don't understand why people like Kevin Costner. I, I grew up loving Robert and Prince of Thieves. I think it's a really fun film. Um, and so I think it's purely from that that I like Kevin Costner. Um, I think it's a great film, but that that is only good because you've got the supporting cast making it interesting. Yeah. And, it, and it's a properly fun romp you know it's a fun adventure it knows what it is it doesn't try to be historically accurate or anything like that it's got full of americans doing american accents but he's a good leading man in that you know but it's 
And then the, the but he's not an interesting man. Maybe that's the problem here, that you've got a boring subject matter with a, a fairly boring man in the centre of it. I, I, I talked about Margin Call last week, which was a similar sort of office-based uh, uh, set with the Lehman Brothers falling down, and Kevin Spacey's lead there, and Jeremy Irons is a brilliant cameo in that. Put Kevin Spacey in this role. He'd make it interesting. Yeah. he He's good at the office-based sort of bad, you know, house of cards sort of bad guy. Do that. But this is just he's oh he's just a good guy who managed to turn things around. And my problem is as well is that the he's choosing which players to have. And one of the players he you know there's a player he likes who's uh, whose sister's died of cancer and he's looking after the nephews of this. Uh, and so he's supposed to be this nice guy. But the main problem with that character is he's got a tattoo on his neck <laughs> that I can't really. I can't empathise with the character of the like tattoo. American football players themselves, some of them have been branded, yeah. you know, just to show how strong they are. Rather than get a tattoo, they've got actual, bra- you know, really? they've got a couple of them have got been branded where they've got some sort of mark, like a horseshoe or something. They've they've branded themselves. Well, literally, I am a piece of meat. Is that- uh, well, I am the most strong. You know, I'm. Yeah, yeah. And this just weird aggression, which they, uh, which I hate about American football. Aren't they all on steroids anyway? I mean, no, they've got some sort of drugs ban thing in there but, um, but as soon as they ban a drug they will be investing thousands in finding a new drug that isn't banned I mean it, it's yeah. such big money surely but they'll all be taking donkey uh, steroids or something I really wish I'd have made um, the effort to go into town and watch 71 and oh. I feel I've really disappointed uh, a lot of listeners and I should have watched a better film you've let yourself Just down you've let our listeners down yeah uh, how many Marricks three Three. That is a poor show. Don't go and watch Draft Day. Okay. It's just a pointless, a pointless exercise. Was it even a brave attempt? As in, is there? Was it even a brave experiment to try and do it? There's nothing. There's no. It's all cliched. There's no interesting characters. They're all two-dimensional. Kevin Costner is probably the most interesting person in it, and he's boring. Okay. Okay, well, I won't go and see that then. I, w- I will turn my TV off if it ever comes on. Throw you, smash it up. Okay, I'll smash my TV. Do that thing that people tweet about when they watch rubbish things. What's that? I can't believe I, I'm not paying my licence through for this. <laughs> yeah, all right. Oh, well, P, P. Diddy's it. in it as well. P. Diddy? Who's he play? He plays an agent of the quarterback. And uh, Dennis... Um, Quaid. Le- Dennis Leary's in it as well. Oh, and the other Dennis. Dennis Leary's in it as uh, he's the coach of the team and there's one scene he's quite boring where he's clearly wearing lipstick no yes is it relevant to the plot no is he trying to get in the sequel to Dallas Buyers Club you know I talked ages ago I talked about the bit in The Bourne Legacy where there's you know, when they've obviously shot the film and they've reshot a tiny bit of exposition later on yeah there's a bit in The Bourne Legacy where uh, uh, Jeremy Renner and the, I can't remember the lady they go and sit in a car it's uh, Rachel Weisz Rachel Weisz and they sit in the, they sit in this car after they put, pull onto one si- over to one side and they just do exposition of what's happened in case you don't realise and then they pull off and go again but during this exposition bit obviously a studio boss has gone uh, this has not been explained properly <laughs> so they've had to reshoot it and their makeup is slightly different, and Jeremy, you know, Rachel Vice has got a tan, and they make it complete. It just cuts. <laughs> Jeremy Renner's got a beard. It's really noticeable, but this is the. I think this is, has to be the worst bit of makeup in the film. And no one's gone. Um, Dennis, Dennis Leary looks like 
he's wearing pink lipstick in this um, really macho scene. Can someone just take their lipstick off his... Maybe Kevin Costner didn't want to be out-machoed, so demanded he wore lipstick. It's very odd. I don't know what colour, if he's got naturally very, very pink lips, but this is... It's almost fuchsia. Wow. Now I want to see it. If you like men with fuchsia lips and you haven't seen... What's the Australian woman they all dress up as women? Uh, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. You, you've seen that and you're bored of it. Why not watch... <laughs> Dennis Leary for Have one a scene bill in the, yeah. of Priscilla and Draft Day. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Grace. Well, not Grace. But, you know, I'm glad you saw it and not me. Um, have we got any letters? Yeah. If I like writing emails. Yes. You can email us at dearfilmfandango at gmail.com and maybe, like we're about to, we'll read your email out to everyone else. Or you can talk to one another without using us at all. Facebook.com forward slash filmfandango. Or you can tweet us. If you so wish, at Film Fandango or at Mr. David Reed or at Merrick Larwood. Some people who have written in have done this. This letter is from Chris Williams, uh, who's from South Wales. Uh, and he says, So I assume my email will sound like Windsor Davies. Windsor Davies, Windsor Davies, dear David Marrick and Buddy the Dog. Recently discovered this podcast and was speedily getting through this year's, so decided to download last year's too. Such a source of comedy. The best things being Marek mishearing weird email as Shaka Demas. I can't remember that. When did that happen? I've done so many now. Yeah. I like to block them out. Whoever Jennifer Uber Thingybobs is and the hilarious Biggins anecdote. That's from Biggins. Um, uh, that's when I uh, did a thing with Christian Biggins in it and Greg told him that I, <laughs> I fancied him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'll have to listen back <laughs> to that. Good times. So glad to know someone almost a decade older than me is still quite childish. I wonder if you'll ever make Bumming Man as a film. Commode never talks about bumming quite as much. It's probably why he's higher in the charts than us. Yeah, he does it full time and he's got the hair for the brew cream. Yeah. Don't know anyone who ever saw Spring Breakers, so I'm happy to know someone else felt exactly the same as I did about it. Although a bit disappointed you were slightly down on American Hustle, a film I found so entertaining, I loved it. Two films I watched recently, about which I'd like to hear someone else's opinions, are Only Lovers Left Alive and Venus in Fur. That one's in French, Marek. I shall keep watching the films and listening. Chris. I really, what we should have done is looked at those films and watched them. Only Lovers Left Alive and Venus in Fur. Yeah, I've not seen either. Only Lovers Left Alive. Now, is that the Tilda Swinton one? You don't know. Okay, well, we can look them up. And I mean, I can have, leave an awkward pause an while... Awkward um, pause while we look up Only Lovers Left Alive and Venus in Fur. Um, no, I mean, we've got no opinions on these things, have we? Um, Only Never Left Alive is about a depressed musician reunited with his lover through their, and through their romance which has endured several centuries is disrupted by I haven't read it we'll look it up on IMDb <laughs> and um, no, I can't even read I can't even read Venus in Fur is a 2013 Roman Polanski film good old Polanski good old Polanski uh, alright well we will we have nothing to add on those films having not seen them but we will keep an eye out for them Maybe we'll talk about them one day. Are there uh, any more letters? Yes, there is another letter. <laughs> Good. We'll be back next week. 
<laughs> what, what's this? This is from Mark. What does it's called? He's from Burnhamon Crouch in Deepest Darkest Essex. So a mixture of semi-posh and countryside. Well, that's middle class, isn't it? That's because posh, isn't it? Semi-posh and countryside. That's posh and posh. Country's always like this, but posh is more like this. Isn't uh, it? He does say South End uh, for South End, though, so maybe not that posh. Do Essex. What's Essex? Do you do Essex? I want you to do it now. <laughs> What's Essex? Do an Essex for me. Just like Irish, start talking it's a bit like, like Londonish. Well, mine's just going to end up sounding like a nerd. That's fine. <laughs> All right. Hi, American David and guest. Bad luck. <laughs> no guest. First time emailer. Few times tweeter, but long time listener. I'm turning into Michael Caine. That's fine. That, just do Michael Caine. <laughs> I was wondering. <laughs> Here now, I was wondering what your th- thoughts were on the film How I, How I Live Now. It certainly <laughs> stayed with me long after watching it. Although the main character had some strange mental issues, that didn't seem to fit somehow into the film. The portrayal of the dirty bomb and the invading terrorists felt really realistic. Probably more poignant today with the threat of similar groups in the world today. I especially liked the fact that the terrorists weren't really seen, but you still knew that they were rampaging through the countryside. The conscription of of the young was also handled well. You really felt for them. Following on from episode 153, where you mentioned childhood films that were rubbish when re-watching, I have similar thoughts to David with regards to The Black Hole. Although the ending was bizarre, it was the first film I ever watched. And it was one. It was this one that got me hooked on space operas. It somehow still holds up, and I still think that Vincent is the best portrayal of future robotics. With regards to accent, I've read that out already. Cheers, Mark. So um, that was very good, Michael Caine. It's all right. It's a bit rubbish. Um, how I live now. I watched this, Mark. You'll be pleased to hear. What you responded to an actual I email? Actually, read ahead. And watch this film. Holy shit. So, I know, it's become... It's broken a wall of interactivity, this podcast. I feel we've really grown. What is it about? Uh, Okay, How I Live Now is the story of an American teenage girl who comes to stay in England with her cousins, her her British cousins, in the countryside in this nice, idyllic house. Modern day setting? Modern day setting. Um, And... She's uh, she's a bit of a moody cow, and she's not very uh, open to new things. And she's you know basically your grumpy teenager. Mm. But while she's there, a, basically a third world war breaks out. Oh, and, bloody hell! Uh, there's there's a, a a bombing in 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 London, and terrorists start to. Take over parts of the country. Armed terrorists start. Well, more like a, a sort of um, army, really. Who are these terrorists? We never really find out because that's not what the film's about. But it's about the kids because the kids are left pretty much on their own to their own devices. There's an older, um, there's an older uh, cousin who Ed- Edmund lo- who looks after them or, or friend of the family or something. Is that alarm which in the wardrobe? It is a bit. It, no, you, you. I mean, there were very few adults in it because the mother who's supposed to be looking after them is in uh, international diplomatic relations of some kind and she leaves the kids under the care of uh, the eldest son but while she goes to Switzerland because internationally things are all going a bit pear-shaped and then when 
war breaks out, she's trapped there. So the kids are on their own, and it's what they do. Uh, I've not made the Narnia connection, but there is there is something of it in there. Anyway, she this the the girl falls in love with uh, the elder boy, and then. Where's that dog coming from? That's next door, I'm afraid. There's an arsehole dog next door with three legs. Apologies. Yeah, he... We'll try and kill it for barks next time. constantly. It's a real arsehake. I don't know what to do about it. But anyway, um, so the boys then get conscripted to the army and the girls get taken to a work camp. And uh, I won't tell you what happens from there, but it's actually a really good film. It, it's set up like tea, the worst kind of sort of teen romance. What as is it? In, I they, never even heard of this. No, I, it's based on a book that's very popular, apparently. Not, is it a not recent, amongst our generation. A recent but, release, then? Yes. It, uh, it's 2013. Um, and it's... It, it, as I said, it's set up like a teen romance where they fall in love and they, they're instantly in love with each other having spent no time together and, you know, they're inseparable. That sort of very teenage Romeo and Juliet bullshit love. Arseholes. Yes. But the actual stuff of them surviving in a war-torn Britain is brilliantly done in this. It is absolutely brilliant. And the only reason this shouldn't be more celebrated is the romance um, arc that goes through it I don't believe a word of it It, it's because of the acting or the dialogue or partly the acting the 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 guy isn't that good in this his character isn't given anything he's basically a handsome man for a female character to fall in love with I know that Um, feeling I know I'm I'm not just a piece of meat guys (laughs) Uh, but and and for me that bit is super balls it just doesn't work the rest of it though is so well directed and so well told and the actors are brilliant the main girl in it who plays the American she's got an odd name so we'll have to look her up Uh, I'm reading her name and I still can't pronounce it Uh, Saoirse Ronan she was did you see oh she's been in that she's brilliant did you see Atonement She's she's, she's Bryony in, in Atonement, and she was also Hannah. If you saw Hannah, yeah, she's in she's in a lot of she's this new great um, uh, shit. Oh, I know what you mean. Another one you mean. Oh, um, no, anyway, she's the main girl, and it's all about her. And she's excellent. She's really good, and she spends most of the time with the youngest daughter of the family, who is in terms of child actors she's absolutely brilliant like she is a child she's not one of these creepy Haley Joel Osmond too erudite for a kid she is a kid and it's a, the two of them are brilliant together I looked her up and her name's Harley Bird this little girl and she happens to be the voice of Peppa Pig <laughs> so, that's another good part as yeah. well so it's um, it's Bryony from Atonement and Peppa Pig together at last uh, surviving in a war um and it, it it does haunt you and it does stay with you and it, it doesn't pull its punches either. There is some really bleak stuff. The closest thing I could think to evoke to, to sort of give you an idea of what it's like is Children of Men. It did sound like that. So, and, and George Mackay, isn't it, who's one of the leads in, um, he's, in Pride? He's the one who's not that strong. Oh, really? He's quite good in Pride. Yeah, I mean, as I say, it's not his fault. He does the job perfectly, but he's just dreamy man from something you know like it's a twilight film or one of those and it's he's given nothing to his character isn't real um he's just a a 
teenage girl fantasy and and it w- means that the ending is for me falls really flat because it's been so real and true to um a girl having to grow up very quickly because others need her you know and that is brilliantly a proper sort of wartime story but set in a fictitious war we haven't had yet you know um do you think this was this was just aimed at the teen market so we didn't hear of it is that I think why? the book is I think the okay. book is uh it's but the book is basically a fictitious war retelling of Cold Mountain which is the same story basically you know two two people meet once and fall instantly in love and the rest is them trying to find each other again which is nothing got, got nothing wrong now, with it but it's just the the rest of this film is so sort of affecting and good that that just rang totally false against that stuff you know it's from a different film um and, well, and well, it, it did it? that awful thing i i hate at the end of ending with voiceover um, when there hadn't been any the rest of the film to tell you exactly what the conclusion was and what you said no lazy it is worth watching it's good it's good very good I quickly want to uh, talk about a film another film from 2003 sort of this 13 two, uh, sorry it's alright what's wrong with me something's no wrong idea. with me something's actually mentally wrong with me um, this is another film that sort of got lost in 2013 which I saw in film four. I thought absolutely brilliant. It's called Metro Manila. It's uh, never heard of it. Written and directed by Sean Ellis. He did like some uh, short films before, and a film called Cashback, which I didn't think was that great. It's set in the Philippines. I mean, a bit. I don't really know much about the Philippines. In well, in Metro Manila, which is I mean, after you've seen this film, you'll never ever want to go there. It's the most densely po- populated city in the world. Uh, Manila. Manila, yeah. Um, I've got relatives from the Philippines. I've never you? been though. I mean, never you do been. look a bit Filipino. <laughs> no, they're, they're not blood relatives. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, it's the story of this farmer and his wife and young family who uh, can't afford to keep their sort of rural farm going. He's an ex-army person, uh, and he can't afford to, to, the cost of seed and has gone up. So they go to Manila with no money or anything and get ripped off and find themselves in deep trouble with no money, having to survive in Manila. And he gets a job as a security guard taking uh, transporting this money uh, because there's huge crime problems in Manila and armed gangs stopping sort of robbing banks in the streets for that right oh it's a really great thriller if you want to see a great it's British it's all done with subtitles if you want to see a, a brilliant sort of collaboration of British film and uh, where, where you get to see a lot of, about a culture you don't really know or I didn't know about and this new world it's all dark almost what's scary it's so bleak it's like this bleak dystopia which is actually happening I mean it, I don't, I'm sure Manila's nowhere near as bad as it's portrayed but yeah. I think the crime is a problem out there and there's huge differences of, of a really uh, industrialised city in a small space where yeah. the spread of wealth is huge uh, a great uh, crime thriller um, definitely watch it or, or hurt it out Metro Manila a really good uh, inventive thriller that is a non-British oh, I like my foreign films but this is one I highly recommend cool I give it nine marics how many David did you give how how I live now tricky because I think it, I, I think I'd give it I think it's a, a seven Seven or eight. It's a seven or eight. I really enjoyed um, the actual middle bit. 
that it was the 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 framing device I didn't so much. Some people might. I, I don't want to put people off it because it 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 doesn't not work. It's just I didn't buy into it. But the rest of it is beautifully done, and uh, the showing of threat from the point of view of people who are tiny in this picture. Like you don't. It's there's one bit that is just beautiful where. When the bomb drops, you don't even see a mushroom cloud or anything like that, like you would in Threads, which is another thing you should probably compare it to. They just there's just a sudden rush of wind, amazing rush of wind, because they're in the countryside, and then they hear this bang, and then it starts snowing ash, and they're just in the idyllic countryside, and that's all you see of it. And then they hear on the news what's happened. It's just it touches like that that are beautifully done in this film. Really, really good. It's worth seeing. So go and watch. How I Live Now, and or get them out on DVD or whatever people do these days. I suppose it's streaming now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's all streaming. It all changes so quickly. So quickly. Or Metro Manila, and um, don't ever watch Draft Day. Okay. Well, that's this week in films. We'll be back next week in films. And if you want to donate to the help in us around the podcast, oh, yeah, we do it. all of this for free. Um, so if you've enjoyed the podcast, you know, maybe more than once. Uh, then maybe you'd like to contribute to uh, our running costs so that we can keep going with this. Uh, If you'd like to do so, then please go to filmfandango.co.uk and follow the link from there. And everyone who has, thank you very much. Yes, thank you very much. It's much appreciated. And, hey guys, keep keep watching the films. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.